Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB and today is the 14th of July 2022. Last day of the Crypto and Coffee at 8 podcast, because tomorrow that is Friday, we have a podcast on Metaverse. The big news for today is inflation numbers are up and quite frankly, not what we were hoping for. To be completely honest, given the last month's turmoil in Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, stock market and the technological sector, I was really hoping for some positive news. Didn't know that inflation was high, but I was hoping it might probably be steady or might just go a little bit lower. But the inflation numbers are out and they have reached a new milestone of 9.1%, a staggering 41-year high. So in today's episode, we are definitely going to be discussing inflation. Somewhere around last month, when the inflation numbers were out, we briefly discussed how inflation is calculated. In case if you don't know how inflation is calculated, what I would recommend you to do is go to the Federal Reserve Board's website. They have put up an article with videos explaining how inflation is actually calculated. Now in my LinkedIn profile, you will find the official link to actually look at how inflation is calculated. Trust me guys, a lot of them still do not know how basic inflation is calculated. Something which I talked about in the Metaverse podcast last week and what I keep telling my friends and colleagues often is that we are in a world where having a lot of information is not important but getting information from the first sources. So if you're reading articles from let's say mainstream media like CNBC, BBC or Reuters or Forbes, it just does not do it. You need to get the information from the first source. In my LinkedIn profile, you will get the first source of information of inflation and the inflation numbers are released by Bureau of Labor Statistics. So go to Bureau of Labor Statistics website. That is the first source of information for inflation numbers. So the big question is, where does Bitcoin fit into all of this? Was Bitcoin successful? If you look at it, If you are an early adopter of Bitcoin, then yes, Bitcoin has been successful and it has been a safe haven. But what about people in underdeveloped countries, in developing nations and people who haven't got their hands on Bitcoin? Has Bitcoin been successful for them? The answer to that is no. Let's see what's in store for future in the next coming months, years and decades. In today's episode, we're also going to be taking a jab at Michael Saylor he's been putting out fake and incorrect information via his Twitter account. Now remember, Michael Saylor is a multi-billionaire. Personally, I'm not a fan of him at all. And because of his position and the number of followers that he has, it is so risky when he puts out wrong information about Bitcoin. I absolutely love Bitcoin and I think Bitcoin is probably the best thing that could have happened to us. But the information that Michael Saylor has been putting via his Twitter account is completely fake news and incorrect information. We'll definitely be looking at that in today's episode. In today's episode, we will also discuss an interesting Google trend and where the trend of Bitcoin is with relation to other things. And finally, in today's episode, we are going to discuss some good news and that is to do with NFTs. Despite it being a turmoil and terrible week, for Bitcoin, blockchain and cryptocurrencies, NFTs on the other hand have seen a drastic improvement, particularly CryptoPunks. Now regarding UAE, we have two news. 
The first news is that UAE teams with chain analysis to provide blockchain training to government entities. If you're a big Bitcoin maximalist, you would absolutely hate this news. But in today's episode, we're going to discuss the good and the bad side of it too. The second news is we at Blockchain DXB are going back to the basics. But in today's episode, I'm going to be discussing Bitcoin's price volatility, the whole nature of demand versus supply. And how, as a matter of fact, multi-billionaires like Michael Saylor are trying to cheat the system. So welcome everyone, it's Atim, you're in Dubai. You're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. How the series of episodes under Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is, we usually cover top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East and the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. This is followed by Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from 8.30am to 9am Gulf Standard Time regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Every Friday, that is tomorrow, we have an episode called Metaverse Everything where we solely focus on Metaverse. So please check out those episodes as well. The format for Metaverse Everything podcast is completely different and I tend to publish a daily and weekly report via my LinkedIn profile. So please follow me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is in the show notes below. Alternatively, what you can do is go to the Medium website and type in Blockchain DXB. So let's kickstart today's episode. Today is the 14th of July. What happened is yesterday, that is the 13th of July, the CPI numbers were out, that is the inflation numbers were out. And I looked at the price immediately when the inflation numbers were out. And to be honest, there wasn't absolutely any movement in Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies for at least 4 to 6 hours from the time the news was officially announced. So when the news was announced, I was hoping that the price of Bitcoin would go up, Ethereum would go up, but absolutely nothing happened. And this happened at least for the next 6 hours or so. But later on, when I looked at it, the price of cryptocurrencies has marginally gone up. Now, as of 14th of July, 4 a.m. Gulf Standard Time, the global crypto market cap is at $900 billion. And since the last 24 hours, it has increased by 4.24%. The total crypto market volume over the last 24 hours is $71.60 billion. So technically, since the last 24 hours, it is up by 29.83%. Could this have to do with the inflation numbers that are out? Most likely, I definitely think so. But again, when the numbers were out, there was absolutely no movement, at least for six hours. It could be possible that financial institutions are making a very calculative decisions. They need to go out and get approval in order to go out and maybe buy Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. So since the last 24 hours, the price is definitely up by 29.83%. The total volume in DeFi is currently at $6.19 billion. And DeFi accounts for 8.65% of the total crypto market, 24-hour volume. The volume of stablecoins is at $63.90 billion. And stablecoin accounts for 89.25% of the total crypto market, 24-hour volume. 
the king of all kings, Bitcoin, has definitely gone up, and the price is currently at $20,221. And since the last 24 hours, it is up by 4.65%. Since the last 7 days, it is down by 1.62%. Ethereum, aka First World Computer, is currently at $1,114. And since the last 24 hours, it is up by 2.64%. And since the last 7 days, it is up by 7.56%. Binance coin is pretty much steady for the past 2 months or so. The price is currently at $230. Since the last 24 hours, it is up by 1.82%. And since the last 7 days, it is up by 4.30%. Big news for today is inflation numbers. So CPI did release the information on inflation Bidenflation is currently at 9.1%, the largest 12-month increase since period ending November 1981. This is absolutely terrible. One thing what I would really urge you guys to do is when you're looking at the inflation numbers, go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics website. That is where you go and get accurate information. Now, in case if you do want to know how inflation is calculated, the Federal Reserve Board has put up an article. They also have a video on YouTube, which is roughly around a minute or so, where they actually go ahead and explain how inflation is the increase in the price of goods and services over time. And inflation cannot be measured by an increase in the cost of one product or services or even several products or services. So try to understand how it is calculated. Inflation is a general increase in the overall level of goods and services in the economy. So Federal Reserve policy makers, what they tend to do is they evaluate changes in inflation by monitoring several different price indexes. Now what is a price index? A price index measures changes in the price of a group of goods or services. So the Fed considers several price indexes because different indexes track different products and services. And because indexes are calculated differently, Various indexes can send different signals about inflation. So the numbers are definitely not looking good. But President Joe Biden feels that the information is out of date. Technically speaking, he is right because these numbers are going back for the month of June. That being said, numbers are not looking good at all. There is also an article published in the official White House website that also talks about how President Joe Biden is not too concerned about inflation numbers and he has given out four priorities on how to tackle it. And needless to say, one of them is to blame Republicans. And Republicans, generally speaking, are in favor of Bitcoin and open source. And as a matter of fact, tomorrow, we also have a session called Pestle R Analysis, that is P for political, E for economical, S for social, T for technological, L for legal, E for environmental, and R for religious analysis on Bitcoin. And when we talk about political aspects of Bitcoin, we are definitely going to be talking about how Republicans are in favor of Bitcoin and open source. Democrats, not so much. Ideally, Bitcoin is apolitical, so it should not matter, but that's not the case. We at Blockchain DXP do have a suggestion on how Bitcoin might actually be a world reserve currency. It is an absolutely long shot. 
The suggestion is on my website. If you go to my website, www.blockchaindxb.com and search for the tab that says Bitcoin as a reserve. Now, mind you, Bitcoin maximalists would absolutely hate this because it does include a fork. It also talks about increasing the supply, reducing the price of Bitcoin. That is something which no one would like. Now, the reason I mentioned reducing the price of Bitcoin so that people in underdeveloped countries could actually be in a position to afford Bitcoin. Again, this is currently still work in progress. If you'd like to make any comments or suggestions, drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com. Now listen guys, separation of money and the state will eventually happen. Now that'll be a good thing for humanity. Meanwhile, United Nations is definitely not in favor of cryptocurrencies and they have a department that uh, takes care of trade and development called as UN. CTAD. Their aim is prosperity for all. Now what they have done is they have released a policy brief titled All That Glitters Is Not Gold. The High Cost Of Leaving Cryptocurrencies Unregulated. So the article essentially talks about how Bitcoin ads need to be banned. Now part of me definitely agrees to them and they also talked about regulation of crypto wallets. Again I definitely agree to it but later on they are pushing for central bank digital currencies and fast retail payments. Now that is something which I don't agree to. I do agree to the fact that there needs to be a limitation on Bitcoin ads because multi-billionaires like Michael Saylor, Elon Musk, they already have a lot of Bitcoins by doing advertisements. A person who does not have Bitcoin, when they buy Bitcoin, the multi-billionaires existing net worth in Bitcoin increases. So that's one of the only reasons why I do agree to it and in all honesty the article does make some valid points. They also talk about stable coins. Once again I definitely agree to it. They also have a podcast on the website so definitely worth listening to their podcast. Now what I'm going to be doing is later on when I talk about Bitcoin volatility I definitely will be touching at this point once again. The next news is about Michael Saylor. Personally I'm not a fan of Michael Saylor. The reason being, he just got involved in Bitcoin in 2020 and he's been providing a lot of fake news and misleading information. So Michael Saylor, who's a multi-billionaire and CEO of MicroStrategy, did mention via Twitter that one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin and he's talking about the fungibility aspect of it. This is clearly not true. One Bitcoin is not equal to one Bitcoin. The simple answer being newly mined Bitcoins are sold at a premium. Bitcoins which are confiscated have been sold at a lower price. One thing which I talked about a couple of months ago was in Iran. Bitcoins that are mined outside of the country and if they are utilized in Iran, it could actually lead your bank account to be closed. Because of that, these Bitcoins are sold at a lower price. And last week we talked about Russia, how they are willing to accept Bitcoin mining but they want the Bitcoins to be used outside of the country. If these Bitcoins are used within the country, it could mean that Bitcoins can be cancelled or the bank account could be cancelled. In the past also Michael Saylor has intentionally misled followers by saying that Bitcoin has never had a single downtime and he actually said that Bitcoin has been working 100% of the time. Definitely not true. Bitcoin has had a downtime 
for well over seven hours. This is what I think when you talk about Bitcoin. Multi-billionaires, they're using their greed and human greed and lack of central entity in Bitcoin blockchain can lead billionaires like Michael Saylor, who have a lot of following, to lie to the general mass to create artificial demand for Bitcoin. And the simple answer is why they do that. By doing that, people get introduced to Bitcoin, they buy Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin goes up, and eventually Michael Saylor's net worth in Bitcoin would go up. Pretty simple as that. Moving on to news about Google Trends. Google Trends, the term Bitcoin crash is currently trending. Cointelegraph did publish an article where they talked about the different trends. And a couple of months ago, is Bitcoin dead? That was the most trending article. But this week, Bitcoin crash is currently trending. Cointelegraph's article does talk a lot about how Bitcoin has been written off as much as 458 times in the past. Now, it also has an interview with Kevin Owoki, who's the founder of Gitcoin DAO. And he has some really interesting to talk about, particularly in terms of the Google trends. So definitely worth reading through the article. He's also talking about how he's focusing on the future of what Web3 can build and how these tools can provide solutions to global problems that humanity faces. Bitcoin does offer the solution. My biggest worry is central bank digital currencies. And with Bidenflation going on, it would be really interesting to see what the next coming months and years has in store for Bitcoin as well as for central bank digital currencies. Now, while the crypto market is still facing the impact of Bidenflation, NFTs has had a best week. Bitcoin.com has reported that NFT sales have jumped 10% higher than last week. Crypto Punk number 4,464 has been sold for $2.6 million. So go through the article. The article details everything about NFTs. And to be honest, it's been months since I read a really good article about NFT. It also mentions that Crypto Punk's collections as sales matrix recorded a whooping 545.36% increase, especially since the last seven days. So definitely some positive news so far as NFTs is concerned. Now let's talk about news from UAE. The first one is UAE teams up with Chain Analysis to provide blockchain training to government entities. Now Chain Analysis is a firm which was founded in 2014. It's an American blockchain analysis firm headquartered in New York City. And there are two founders, one is Michael Groniger and Jonathan Levin. Now, if you are an OG in Bitcoin, you would have definitely seen quite a lot of interviews of Jonathan Levin. I believe he had an interview with Peter McCormack from What Bitcoin Did as well. What Chain Analysis does is they provide data, software, services, and research to government agencies, exchanges, financial institutions, and insurance and cybersecurity companies in over 70 countries. And data provided by Chain Analysis powers investigation, compliance, and market intelligence software that has been used to solve some of the world's most high-profile criminal cases and grow consumer access to cryptocurrency safely. Personally, I have a mixed reaction to this. If you look at it from a Bitcoin maximalist point of view, they absolutely hate chain analysis. But chain analysis has been helpful in identifying when there have been hacks. 
it is definitely something which is loved by the government. The news is that UAE teams which chain analysis to provide blockchain training for government entities. It's absolutely phenomenal that the government entities in Dubai are taking a proactive approach towards Bitcoin and blockchain technology. So the project will educate government employees on emerging technology. The UAE Chain Analysis Center of Excellence will help government employees upskill themselves with knowledge about blockchain. The UAE's Ministry of Artificial Intelligence, Digital Economy and Remote Work Applications signed a preliminary agreement with blockchain data platform Chain Analysis to provide virtual training programs for the country's government entities. Definitely a great news and depending on what view is regarding chain analysis, you might absolutely love it or absolutely hate it. Omar Al-Olama, the Minister for of State for Artificial Intelligence, Digital Economy and Remote Work Applications, has said that blockchain technology is key to creating innovative solutions for future challenges which contributes in developing government work and new technologies that enhance the UAE's leading position globally. Strengthening partnership with pioneering companies is a pillar in enhancing the readiness of the UAE government through exchanging experiences and global success stories. And Michael Groniger, who is the chief executive and co-founder of Chain Analysis, has said, where others wait by the sidelines, the UAE has taken commendable steps towards establishing itself as a global blockchain and crypto hub. It'd be really interesting to find out how much of a deal has been struck between Chain Analysis and the UAE government. I'm pretty much sure that might be touching millions. The next news is where I'm going to be discussing Bitcoin price volatility. And this has to do with demand versus supply of Bitcoin. And it is pretty simple, but let's compare it with fiat currencies. So let's say US dollar, the Great British Pound, the Indian rupees or the rums. The demand is variable and the supply is also variable. What that means is government can print money at will. The biggest difference between Bitcoin and fiat currency is the supply is fixed. So there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoins. There cannot be more printed. Because the supply is fixed, the demand is what keeps fluctuating. And because supply is fixed, the price keeps on fluctuating. That is precisely the reason why existing Bitcoin holders, early adopters, multi-billionaires, multi-millionaires and celebrities who have acquired Bitcoin try to pump the demand. And because it is peer-to-peer and because there is no government involved, government cannot go after them. There is no single entity which is responsible for Bitcoin. The only reason the price of Bitcoin is volatile and fluctuates is because the supply is fixed. The demand varies only because of news, propaganda, fake news, rumors and partnership. Guys, in 2019, because of a fake news on the 1st of April, the price of Bitcoin jumped to almost 40%. Now, countries adopting Bitcoin can also play a massive role in increasing the price of Bitcoin. But unfortunately, that did not happen when El Salvador made Bitcoin a legal tender. The price of Bitcoin actually fell down. But what I do think is as many countries start accepting Bitcoin as a legal tender or even start announcing that they are making Bitcoin as a legal tender, 
the demand will accelerate and other countries will try to copy or try to do the same and the demand will actually increase for Bitcoin. Now historically speaking, price predictions by crypto influencers on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok are 100% right 50% of the time. Based on the demand in social media, existing Bitcoin whales manipulate the market. Ultra-high net individuals like Michael Saylor, Elon Musk, hedge fund managers cleverly play the demand and supply game. Again, because Bitcoin is peer-to-peer, governments cannot go after them. The demand can be created for completely unrelated news. Back in October, there was this news about Bitcoin ETF. Now, there are two types of Bitcoin ETF. The main one that would actually pump the price of Bitcoin is Bitcoin Spot ETF. And that has still not been released yet. Back in October, the fact that there were news and rumors circulating that Bitcoin ETF has been approved, the price actually did pump up. Completely unrelated news, but that temporarily pumped the price of Bitcoin. I remember uh, somewhere around October or November of last year, Prime Minister Narendra Modi from India, his Twitter account was hacked and someone tried to promote Bitcoin. And that time also, the price of Bitcoin did shoot up temporarily. Again, basic demand and supply. Because the supply is fixed, multi-billionaires, early adopters, try to pump the demand for Bitcoin. So early adopters, multi-billionaires, multi-millionaires, celebrities, YouTube price influencers are pumping the demand for Bitcoin. Unfortunately, this does sound similar to a Ponzi scheme. This is something what BitConnect did. And it does sound like MLM, that is multi-level marketing. Now guys, I'm a massive Bitcoin advocate, but the way it is managed by people like Michael Saylor is definitely not good. The whole idea is that Bitcoin is a movement towards separation of money and the state, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. But human greed, game theory, and demand and supply, that is the supply being fixed, is a very tough problem to solve. Hopefully, it does happen during a lifetime. So that's all for today, guys, on the Crypto and Coffee Update from Blockchain DXB. In case if you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. You can also check out my website, that is www.blockchaindxb.com. You can also check out my other website, that is area2071.com, that talks everything about Metaverse. And we have an episode that's going to be released tomorrow. If you like listening to this, please follow this podcast, give it a 5-star rating, and for the next 30 minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. Remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., we have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. This is followed by two news and information related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East from the cryptocurrency world. What you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, 
beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. I have a question by Claire who asks, what do you think of Steppin? Now personally, Claire, I am not a fan of this app called Steppin. Now it's spelled as S-T-E-P-N. Idea of Steppin is it is essentially Strava meets Web3. To start off with Claire, I'm not a fan of Web3 at all. The whole idea of Web3 just seems like a gimmick to get uh, institutional investors and hedge funds to pour in money to your projects. Going back to this project called Steppin. In order to start using Steppin, you need to buy an NFT sneaker, which I believe is roughly around $600. Imagine buying something 2,500 dirhams only to get started. I think it's absolutely stupid and ludicrous. They have built a very strong community and they have uh, local communities also. So they have local challenges. So for those listeners who don't know what Steppin is, it is essentially an app which rewards you with cryptocurrencies as you tend to use it. So it's mostly to do with fitness. The X number of miles you walk or run, you are rewarded with X number of crypto tokens which are linked to Steppin. The biggest problem I have with this app, Claire, is in order to get started, you need to buy an NFT which is $600. That is a ridiculous and ludicrous amount. Imagine opening up a Facebook account where you have to pay $600. It does not sound legit as well. And this is something which I envisioned probably in less than two years time. So what would eventually happen? This entire app is completely going to be collapsed. Because I was listening to a podcast with Decrypt and the podcast or such series is called as GM Crypto where they were discussing it with the founders of Steppen app and the host asked the, the, the lady from Steppen, I still can't get my head around why should I pay $600 and her response was absolutely rubbish. She could not give a straight answer. The host asked her the same question again. She could not give a straight answer. At the end of the interview also the guy said the project looks good. But I can't understand why we need to pay $600 just to get started with it. They do have a lot of community, Claire. Very likely in these projects, these are all fake communities. I really am not sure if there is a step in app where you live and if there is a running program or a running group which is associated to step in app. Personally, I would be extra cautious when I'm dealing with step in app. Paying $600 just to get started is definitely not worthwhile. And this is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of Web3. There was a project in 2019, I believe, called as Murmur, which tried to replicate what Twitter did, but it tried to run on Ethereum blockchain. Now listen to this. In order to get your account verified, you have to pay $3. Now that is absolutely ludicrous. Why would I do that when I can get on Twitter for completely free of cost? The argument that you can say is, you know, in order to reduce bots, but that was not the case. When applications are working on Web3, there is a heavy cost involved. Apart from that, Claire, the biggest drawback with Murmur was that every time you, let's say, clicked on a like or tried to do something similar to retweet, it took at least six to seven minutes. Technically, it should happen real time and even they advertise it that it's going to happen real time, but that was not the case. Imagine using a Web3 app such as Twitter in today's world and you have to literally wait 6 to 7 minutes every time you click like or click on retweet. It's just not going to work. I have another question by Rajiv who asks, 
Do you think it's a good idea for chain analysis to do forensic investigation on crypto? Yes, right. If that is something which I discussed earlier in the episode as well. To be honest, I have a mixed reaction to this. Personally, if you were to ask me individually, I am fine because I have absolutely nothing to hide. But let's say if you're living in a country where there is a lot of restrictions on things that you purchase, the only thing I can think of is, let's say, in Mumbai. If you were to buy cryptocurrencies to buy beef, that is considered as illegal. In UAE, let's say if you were to use cryptocurrencies to buy weed, that is considered illegal and it could have severe life consequences. In that case, chain analysis might be able to track these details, give it to the government. Personally, I'm okay with it. But depending on your circumstances, you may want to decide if it is a good thing or if it is a bad thing. Personally, I like chain analysis because let's say if there is a hack, chain analysis do have these tools to go ahead and identify and give a fairly much better assessment who has possibly got it hacked, done some notorious thing. When you talk about Bitcoin, it is open source. So the transactions are completely open source. And that's what I particularly think so. But again, another drawback, you know, Rajiv, which I think often is, this is just a hypothetical situation. What if someone does a hack and that hack is linked to an employee of chain analysis and they're working together? In that case, the entire process of having a forensic investigation on crypto goes completely to waste. And trust me, this is something which is extremely highly possible. Or what if an ex-employee of chain analysis who knows each and every technical details can go ahead and do hack somewhere else? That is also a very high possibility. What I would recommend you to do is, Rajiv, Laura Shin, she had a podcast with the founders of chain analysis. I'm really I'm not sure when the episode was done. I'm pretty sure this is somewhere between 2017 or 2018, I would definitely recommend you go ahead and listen to that episode. Chain Analysis co-founder did have an interview with Peter McCormack from what Bitcoin did, where he talks only about Bitcoin. This was just a one-off episode where he actually talked about chain analysis. And he was saying that why Bitcoin maximalists absolutely hate chain analysis. But personally, for me, I'm absolutely okay. Now, there are other companies as well, like Elliptic Curve, they do a lot of forensic investigation too. What I do recommend all of my clients is you can also look at Glassnode. They do quite a lot of detailed analysis, but their analysis is more to do on the blockchain, not necessarily in terms of a forensic investigation on who has stolen cryptocurrency, so on and so forth. So that's all for today, guys, from the Ask Me Anything series. If you have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxv.com. You can also check out my website that is www.blockchaindxb.com and also please check out my other website that is area2071.com And guys, please, if you like listening to this podcast, please, please, please like this podcast, give it a 5-star rating and share the word across. And remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8am to 8.30am, we have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse, and how the series of episodes under Crypto and Coffee Edit works is, we usually cover top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. 
What you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series, where your listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. Tomorrow, we have Metaverse Everything podcast, so please listen to that episode too. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a great day ahead. Bye-bye.